Folks, in our youth, when our careers were growing and expenses were high, we needed to get the most from our savings and the money we invested in the market. As we age, we need a safer strategy, one that can protect against market loss. We need to keep our hard-earned principles safe while allowing growth to provide us with reliable retirement income. Therefore, to learn about reliable retirement income, I highly recommend Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on the show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, CA Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, CA Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Good morning, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for being with me. My name is Arif Halaby, the total financial hour. On AM870 the answer. Listen, don't you love this station? Uh I love AM870. I don't know how long I've been listening to this station. Uh, AM870, probably 30 years, maybe, something like that, for quite a long time, even before Dennis Prager and Larry Elder uh, jumped on board. Hey, uh, listen, the Total Financial Hour, we, we try to bring you ideas, concepts, things that are happening politically, and then how that impacts you financially. Because a lot of times people think these things exist in vacuums, right? They exist in corners of the room. And they forget, hey, you know, wait a second, all this stuff is kind of integrated. What they say or do in Washington or what they say or do in Sacramento, that impacts me today right here. Even in L.A. City or L.A. County, some elected uh, or I should say unelected bureaucrat in L.A. County Health who may or may not be a physician, who may or may not have ever seen a patient in their life are making decisions on whether or not you can have a paycheck surprise, her benefits continue, her paycheck continues, her sick time, pension, pay raises continue. Listen, I've had an argument about this the whole time. If we are, quote, in this together, in this together, and and, you know, remember that the American Indian would be on the ridge with his full headdress. I think it was about pollution, if I'm not mistaken. And he'd be on a horse and he would be overlooking the plains in that commercial and a little tear would come down his eye. I think I saw Gavin Newsom with a little tear in his eye when he said, we're in this together. It's 15 days to slow the spread. And he looked, it was kind of a gaze. I want to say it was up his, his upper left, I think, if I remember right. My right, his left. And as that gaze, there's a tear. And maybe he was crying all the way to the bank because his paycheck didn't change. Because the L.A. County officials' paychecks didn't, didn't change. L.A. City mayor didn't change. All the mayors and city council people and, and all of those. You know, listen, some are not paid. I get it in the smaller cities. But, but you can't tell me we're in this together and then pay bureaucrats, pay public officials. Listen, police, fire, nurses, doctors. I'm good. Everybody else should be working for free just like I did or you did. Everybody else should be working for discounts or, or just laid off or just stay at home. Stay at home. 
Instead, you had people working from home, kind of, sort of, maybe. You had teachers privately telling me that 20 to 30% of their students didn't show up. In some cases, I had some teachers telling me over half of their students never even showed up on the video conferencing. Not once. And whatever their grade was in March, they gave it to them for the year, meaning they got out of school in March. Can you tell me if that's going to impact their life? Uh, yeah. Remember, listen, as a kid, where would we go when we played hooky or it was a day off or, right? It was just time to, you got out of school early. It was a half day. You'd go to the shopping mall, right? You'd go to the mall, go to the Northridge mall, you go to the Galleria, wherever you would go and walk around and hang out with your friends. Maybe you buy some soda or you buy something to eat and maybe you would buy something at the store, but you would certainly walk around and the energy in that place was fun and exciting it was a good time. Well, gosh, not only did this pandemic cost a lot of people their jobs, but what else did it do? Well, can you say shopping malls will no longer exist ever the same way? I mean, you know that. They're done. Malls are changing. They will never be the same. Listen, it was a trickle, right? That trickle was the Amazons and the online. eBay probably started at first. And people just said, ah, never mind. Never mind. It's no big deal. Like the Native Americans, right? Oh, there's just a few people here in Jamestown. It's not a big deal. It's just a few guys. All right? Surprise. Trickle comes. Then the flood. So why are U.S. malls disappearing? Well, be, simply because nobody's going there anyway over the last three to five years. You started seeing an enormous decline. Revenue is down more than a quarter, which means they were making $100. Now they make 75 and remember, when you make 100 I don't care if you're a company or a person, you generally have a place for all $100 to go. Some of it might be your savings account, but a lot of it is spending. You, you own things. You're, you're buying things. You've spent all $100. In other words, it has a home. And when it doesn't come in the front door, it cannot go out the back door. It can't go anywhere. So what's going to happen to the malls, the shopping malls in town? We would see this a lot with the big Kmarts and Sears and, and some of those big uh, shopping center, right, where you'd have enormous parking lots that would never be full except in the holidays or in the back to school or maybe the, the post holidays, right, when they would have the Black Friday or the, the, the sales after Christmas sales. And, but other than that, the, the shopping, the, the parking lots would never be that full. We just never saw it until... I think they're going to make some changes. Here's why. I think the only value to that, one, is the raw land. But two, when a lot of these shopping malls were put together, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff around it. They were usually out somewhere. They were usually in farmland. Because in order to buy that much land, you know, massive square blocks could even be, I don't know, maybe a total of a square mile or so. Where this land just ran one street all the way down to another street. Well, you couldn't do that where you're kicking out homes and uh, eminent domain or just running around and buying these houses. It had to be when it was just raw land, farmland that didn't have the same value today. Right? It, it just, it's just different. So here's what I think happened or what's going to happen. I think the shopping malls, and we've been talking about this for a while, just like the Kmarts and others. I think what you're seeing across the board is a lot of people are considering something very important. The value of that shopping mall, well, let me back up. 
I think you're you're looking at some of the Sears department stores. We're seeing those turns in turn into the big box stores, the Costco's, the Sam's Clubs. I, I think there's still some value there for sure. And so now those organizations can pick them up for discounted uh, rates, right? I mean, you can get it for pennies on the dollar. Nobody's there. Stores have been closed, gone out of business, many of them. But what about the rest? What's going to happen? Well, here's simple. I think they're going to turn them into housing. I think you're going to see massive, because the value is that parking lot. If you can take that that tilt-up uh, cement building and you can take that tilt-up cement building and add some reinforcements. Listen, I'm not an engineer or an architect, but I get the idea. Creating an indoor space, creating a, almost a Mall of America type environment, except where there's housing and you have your own community grocer, maybe uh, a mini organic Harmon's, Trader Joe's, I don't know, one of those kinds of places, Whole Foods, inside of that right, where they just have one or two items of everything or four or five items of everything instead of 20. I think you're going to see, you know, an interior daycare. I think you're going to see a lot of these malls turn into, you know, the the running track. Like we used to have silver sneakers. I don't know if that's still a thing, but they used to have those run along the malls where seniors would go. They wouldn't buy anything. They would just come in and use the air conditioning or the heat. They'd walk around it meet their friends, socialize. Right when the mall opened, I mean, it was kind. It was nice to see them. They were usually friendly. And you'd see them walk along. I think that's going to be the new shopping mall. I think that's going to be the new thing as the malls have to repurpose because the value is that land. And if you can put a high rise there, I don't know, four stories, six stories, it doesn't have to be too high where it's blocking the sun from the rest of the community. So you'd probably put it in the center Well, then what happens with the rest of the place? Well, you have parking. I think you're going to see the same thing that a lot of the school districts did. The school districts fell fell victim, some would say suckered, to to the solar deal where they had taxpayers pay with the left pocket and the right pocket. And we're going to take the parking lots and we're going to make them solar generating. And so now we get free solar generating from behind the scenes, except they forgot to say that somebody on the school board was also the same person who was getting kickback between the solar company. And what did she end up doing? Well, I don't know, except it could have been. I don't know. It could have been illegal. Maybe not. But when the solar kickbacks, you know... When you have schools that say, oh, it's really good for solar, and then at the end you go, but wait a second, we just took money from the taxpayers. Oh, but it's, it's good. In the long run, right when they tried to come to me in my office, we built an office many years ago, and they said, you have to use these uh, energy-efficient lights. I said, oh my gosh, these, these lights cost me $24,000 more. What do you mean energy-efficient? How long is it going to take me? They said, somewhere between 15 and 20 years, you'll make your money back. I said, are you kidding 15 to 20 years. How about if I say, no, thank you? Oh, sorry. LA County has its rules. Okay, well then. But enough of you need to understand how this is going to affect you financially. Because right now it's just, it's just your neighborhood. It's just your community. It's kind of nice. Go to the mall, walk along, have fun, meet my friends for coffee, silver sneakers, whatever. Now, if they make these changes... Can you say traffic? Now, they're going to have to come up with some sort of, and listen, studies, 
statistics. They play with everything, just so you know. And you'll go to those community meetings and you're going to see, well, we believe that the impact is going to be minimized because there's a bus line that goes right next to it on two sides. And with that bus line right down the street is a train that commutes downtown to wherever. And so you're going to see this movement and we're going to pay for a left-hand turn lane and a right-hand turn lane and new lights on those intersections and new new uh, you know right-hand turn lights on this intersection. And so you see the traffic is going to be almost nothing. In fact, you're going to thank us for putting more people in your neighborhood. Well, that's what I think is going to happen. Because that is the only thing that is left in value in the shopping malls. I tried to go the other day. I was looking at the... It's not even the latest iPhone, not even the latest. And I went to my provider and I said, hey, I'd like to take a look at the phone. You know, I have one that's a couple generations old. I want to see the you know one that's coming up. Can I see it? They said, oh, well, we have them in the back. I said, well, what do you mean? Uh, can I just, I just want to look at it. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe I'll buy it right now. I don't know. And they said, well, you have to put your name down. You see those two people at the counter. Well, you have to wait outside for 30 minutes. That's about when we'll get to you. And then when we come in, we're not allowed to take it out of the box and put it in your hands, but you can look at it. I said, if if I'm going to spend $1,000 on a cell phone, shouldn't I be able to touch it or look at, well, you know, coronavirus, pandemic. You've heard me say early on, actually probably a year ago, that this was going to turn into the coronavirus ate my homework. Right, It was going to be the excuse that people use for delays of this. I can't get there for that. Sorry, I missed your wedding for this. Delay in that shipment. Whatever it is, it's always going to be. Now, some of it is righteous, of course. When you shut down the, the system, economically speaking, you're going to wait longer for the things that you like. Some of the parts and pieces are going to be out of order or out of state and not have a chance to come in. They're going to just be out of stock. They're not even going to have them. When will they get them? I have no idea next. And a lot of you think that this economic change where we're buying stuff online and the shopping malls that used to exist are our friends. I'm going to tell you, I think there's going to be some changes. Take a look around and see how valuable that real estate is. See how valuable it is in the middle of whatever, high-rise buildings, communities, very expensive homes, right? Higher-end homes. You don't think they're going to put a little lake in the middle and, and put homes around it and tear down the buildings and make it a gated community? Maybe. So my point is you're, you're going to see some changes and what you thought was being close to the mall being a good thing, I think the shopping mall, not, not all of them, some of them will thrive, some will survive, some are going to become a destination place like they have in the Midwest where it's usually really cold or humid. So you go and spend the entire day at the mall and you do so and it has uh, kids' play areas, it has uh, spa treatments, it has everything that you want, you know, rock climbing and shopping and dinners, fine dining actually. A lot of places have turned their malls into destination and if they can do it right, maybe a few of them will survive like that. But I think when you look around, you're going to see some huge changes coming down the road. And how will this affect you? Because if I'm a developer, if I'm a builder, and I know the system, 
And the system tells me that the, the taxpayers, you, you, you're going to pay. Uh, it's a public-private partnership, which means taxpayers pay with their left pocket, and then they pay with their right pocket when they go to the stores with higher prices. So public-private partnership, we're going to utilize the system of the organization and the uh, allocation. And the way we're going to do it is by representation. <laughs> and you're going to sit there and you go, excuse me, was Jesse Jackson just here? Because somehow it sounded like everything rhymed. And I don't know where it came from, but somehow I'm nodding and agreeing to something and I just wrote a check. Because I, I think you have to sit there and ask yourself, if I'm looking at this public-private, just just look back, huh? Hmm, let's ponder, right? Light music, little little fuzzy memory, right? Like on the television, just the, the dream sequence. And I'm looking back. And I'm thinking, bullet train, bullet train. How can this? How can the state of California mess this up? Bullet train. Oh wait, wasn't that supposed to be thirty billion? Public private, public private entity structure. I mean, they, they put in all these words, and now what are we up to? Sixty billion, and and the only people making money is Diane Feinstein's husband, and and some of the politicians. By the way, just so you know. Right, and if you missed that show, Diane Feinstein's husband, he was the one that got one of the first checks, about a hundred million dollars for, for surveying. Hmm, surveying. Even if he runs the best surveying company in the country, even if he does, I doubt it. I mean, there's gotta be somebody that's that's better. There just always is. Wouldn't you say, Well, listen, this just looks this just kind of looks yucky. I, I mean, I don't know, right? I'm a Democrat. I care about the people. Doesn't this just look yucky? Oh, wait, no, that was that was part of the dream sequence. I had to wake up. Hold on, now I'm back. Okay, yeah, no, they would never say that. Instead, what he did is he said, okay, write me the first check. And I guess who pays for that? Oh, you again, the taxpayer. You see, when California finally gets off its uh, hiney, they're going to have to tax you. I believe it will be car registration. I mean, look at it. It's already very expensive. But really, the foundation is this. It's your, it's your property. They're trying to, to break you down. Look, the reason that we have the Democrats really care about immigration, quote, letting the border wide open, is you understand most of the violence against immigrants is happening by immigrants it, it isn't a, a you know a, a group of white hooded clad kkk people it's the coyotes it's other immigrant community raping and robbing and killing these are bad people not not the immigrants but the criminals i mean you understand the criminals are just criminals they don't care who they steal from and if you're weak or if you're if you're alone or if you are if you are by yourself and walking through the wilderness or if you've been lied to or scammed, told that, that we'll get you to the United States, surprise, they do. And they're not bringing over scientists, professors, artists. You remember when people fled Soviet Union and Poland, the Soviet bloc, the Czech, Czechoslovakia and Hungary? Remember, who was it? It was scientists, teachers. It was people that were educated 
people that would come over and immediately have a job here somewhere and would, would sometimes go on the speaking circuit and tell you how horrible communism is. Tell you how horrible the country government system that they just left. Today, that's not who it is. And listen, Mexico, go to Mexico City. There's cars, there's people driving, there's restaurants, there's businesses, there's people wearing, you know, uh, Gucci, Armani, uh, Versace. They're, they're, it's it's upper middle class in, in most places, many places. So who is it that's fleeing? It's the ones that they pick on. It's the ones that they don't give opportunities to. It's the Indian, the indigenous people. That's who is fleeing. It, it's... It's basically a country purging the people they don't want to recognize, assist, or help grow financially or educational, uh, educationally. So they said, hey, yeah, just go to the United States. And we know by, rec- by keeping some here, what is it, over a billion, with a B, a billion dollars a year, those people send back to Mexico. And and other places, of course, the Philippines and Vietnam and Lebanon, where my dad's from, uh, you know, people send money all over. But if we're talking about the southern border and it's uh, Central Americans, Hondurans and Nicaraguans, these are beautiful people from a rich culture. And they're being purged by their own governments. Instead of saying, hey, listen, that's right, we haven't addressed the people that live on this side of town, so we're going to start by building uh, you know, elementary schools and infrastructure, and we're going to build an organizational system to make sure that your health care needs are taken care of. Instead of doing that, they, they give them uh, you know, free passage up north. So why would the Democrats want to do that? Purposely undermine the United States, really? Or maybe, I don't know. Just maybe they are the same folks that want low-wage low uh, labor. Uh, you understand, who competes with the low wages in the United States? Uh, who is it? It's other minorities. So the problems when I was a police officer, the problems we had in communities were often black against Hispanic. It, it, it wasn't the... Uh, Hispanics, you know, car loads of white preppies from, from the local university driving through town on a Saturday night. I don't know if that ever happened. Maybe it did, I'm sure. But uh, it was always the, the robbery and the, the assaults that occurred in those communities by other minorities. Because now they're all competing for the same jobs. Whenever you're in a low-income area, it's difficult to get out. I get it. I was there. You don't get to just walk out the door and go to a four-year school in, in, on the East Coast. It doesn't happen that way in our, in our communities. But why more illegal immigrant? Well, the workers at lower income wages, period. The billionaires want to make more, more money. And surprise, none of them, almost, are conservative. Right? The lie that you're being taught is this is about money. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with money, by the way has to do with power. It has to do with distraction. Because they're going to continually raise your taxes. They're going to continue. Look at President uh, Biden with a straight face, if you look through his mask, and a steady gait, if you watched his knees, 
sat there and told you he was going to raise taxes. People clapped. Oh, yeah, you go get those people. You go get the rich ones. And they did this, uh, you know, race warfare to keep you people fighting against each other. So as long as you people are busy fighting against each other, the elite can continue. Who's going to watch out for you? I don't know. Many of you have called our office and you've talked about, hey, how are they going to take my money? What kind of strategies? What are they going to do? Are they going to confiscate my bank account or my retirement account? Listen, they don't have to. They have ownership of the federal police. They have ownership of the military. All they do is they just tell you very simply, we're raising taxes on you. And you, so your retirement account that is a half a million dollars, 500,000, you think you saved, you don't have 500,000. Maybe you have 300. If you call up right now and say, hey, give me all my money, they will take 152, 250, I don't know, in taxes. So you have to have a strategy for, for dripping this life uh, income into your life. And more importantly, when we come back, I'm going to get into how you should have increasing income because inflation is the answer. That's the next thing around the corner. We've kept it at bay for a while and there was a way to keep it at bay. But that's not what our Democrat politicians want. They want inflation to come. They want them to be the only one left holding the goodies. And I think that is very important. Because if you don't have a strategy for reliable retirement income, then you're not going to end up in a position to where you win financially. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll be right back after the break. I'm Eric Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour on AM870. The answer. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halaby. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for staying with me. We got a couple of things to jump on right away here. Listen, I talked about inflation coming. Let me tell you what I think is happening. Uh, if you've ever heard of what inflation is, uh, l- let me be clear with it because I think a lot of people have a misconception. It isn't just the price of things that you buy uh, going up in cost. I'll give you a good example. Today, you could buy a television for about the same, probably less, and a better quality TV than maybe five years ago. Same thing with computers. Meaning some technology is way ahead of the uh, the curve, so to speak, financially at the beginning. It's just more expensive. And then over time, there's a, more manufacturing, different technology. Sooner or later, the value starts to decline or the cost, I should say, starts to decline. That's important. You know that because if you're basing inflation on the price of a big screen TV or the price of a cell phone, then I think you're missing the point. Because inflation is is based on, depending on which index you look at is based on a couple of things. One of those is called a basket of goods. So think of it this way. You go through a shopping, uh, through a grocery store, you fill your shopping cart with the same maybe 
100 items. Eggs, milk, uh, a pound of this, a quarter pound of that, on and on all the way through and you add up that price. And then you come back every year or every five years and you consistently take those same basket of goods and you see if it's more expensive. Now, the, the cost of gasoline certainly has gone up. We're, we're very attuned to that because it's right in our face. Between your house and the freeway, you're going to see 10 or 15 signs that say the price of gas. It's kind of like what CNN does when they put the amount of deaths of coronavirus. In other words, it's just not true. Well, Eric, I don't know. Who, does anybody ever ask who reports these? Is there like some guy with a, with a ticker tape next, a little chicken scratch? One, two, five. One, two, five. I'm not saying people aren't passing away, but if you don't know somebody who's had a loved one who's passed away and misdiagnosed, you've heard me talk about a friend of mine, his uh, granddaughter passed away in a car accident. I mean, it was a bad car accident. One-year-old baby girl. And she didn't survive. Sad. A few weeks later, he gets the death certificate. What does it say? Yep. You're right. COVID. Now, you know somebody like that. I have uh, folks I know in hospitals that, that are con- uh, consistently going at odds, but they want to keep their job so they don't say anything. But they're privately tracking the amount of stabbings and shootings and car accidents. That administration says, uh, you know, that's COVID because they had COVID in their system. Even though they got hit by a truck, uh, it's probably COVID. Let's get the money. Thanks, government. Until you take away that financial incentive, I don't think you're ever going to know the truth. Right. Uh, trust the science. <laughs> yeah. Trust this. Yesterday it was six feet in elementary schools. Today it's three feet. Wow. The virus went to school and learned. Uh, come on. You guys have common sense. They're trying. To, uh, the left is trying to beat you to submission out of common sense. They're trying to remove that. So when inflation comes and you drive by uh, 10 different things in gasoline and you say, yeah, it's a little bit more, but it's not. Uh, Taxes, California, evil. Okay, I got it. But when you go to the grocery store, or better yet, this last week I went out to lunch with my wife. I said, wait a second, there's just two of us. How did it come out to $35 for a couple of sandwiches? What is this? Oh, well, you ordered, you know, a salad. Okay, yeah, of course. And as soon as you ask, guess what they say? Coronavirus. Pandemic. Coronavirus. I told, how long do you think they're going to do the coronavirus ate my homework? I think they're going to do it forever. The reason that they have people wearing masks that have been vaccinated and they're lying to you. Look, Fox News uh, physicians, Senator Rand Paul, others have said this clearly. It's not just me saying this. They're telling you that, quote, a noble lie. Meaning as long as Dr. Fauci says you need to wear a mask because then people that should be wearing a mask are going to look at you and say, well, if he's not wearing a mask, I'm not going to wear a mask. So they have to have it in your face. There has to be this ongoing fear. If you remember the, the pictures of Saddam Hussein, or, or Fidel Castro, you would drive through the streets or Hafez Assad in, in Syria. And what do you see? You see pictures of them everywhere, a statue everywhere, pointing at you, smiling, their hands out, looking down on you. Don't you forget, Brezhnev, Brezhnev is everywhere. Don't you forget, 
They are watching you. Mao, Mao is looking. It's the same psychology of having a mask everywhere you go. Don't be afraid. Be afraid. Afraid. Don't be afraid. Be afraid. Uh, Look, don't. No. Yep. When you see people that are mentally on the edge and they wear a mask driving an automobile with the windows open and they are by themselves, you guys, is that not elder abuse? Is that not child abuse? Having a little kid who's running around on the playground wearing a mask, breathing his same air that his body said, I don't want this anymore, so expel it. And you're saying, oh, yes, you will. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to take it back. Take it back because this mask is pretty. And by the way, I'm wearing three of them. You guys know this is a bunch of hogwash. Listen, if you're sick, if you're in the middle of cancer treatment, if, if you have the flu, you never went to go visit grandma at the elderly center, right? The senior center. You didn't go over to her home in, in the suburbs when you had the flu or when somebody is sick. Mama stayed home with, with Jimmy. Sorry, Dad, we can't, we can't bring because, you know, Jimmy's not feeling well. Okay, well, I hope he feels better. You know the common sense. And yet they let seniors die. They let people with, with diseases in hospitals and ICUs pass away lonely and everybody just marches along. Yes, but, oh, but look, but he's got a mask on, so it has to still be serious. And CNN's got a ticker. Instead of the debt, national debt, why don't you have a ticker of the amount of people coming here illegally? Why don't you keep that ticker on how many kids didn't go to school today? How many kids never signed on to their Teams account or their Zoom? Why don't you give me a ticker of something that actually matters? Because we know the data that you're going to produce isn't true. Right? Give me something that, I, that, that is real to me. How many people just got arrested? How many people were just killed in Chicago? Why don't we keep a ticker of Black Lives Matter? Oh, yes, it does, except for Chicago. Right? Once you enter the border of Chicago, if you're black, eh, it doesn't matter that much, says, says the mayor. Right? Everybody's like, oh, yeah, but look over there. I feel like when I watch any, any news station, it's always like, bird. You're like, what, 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 what? Bird. Squirrel. Oh, where? Just don't look at the facts. Why do you think politicians are caught not wearing their mask? They know. Let's be clear. They know. And if you feel like you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you don't, don't. It's nobody's business. For you to be forced to carry around a vaccination card, do you not say Nazi Germany? Do you not say... Uh, uh, China, with your social credits, we're going to keep track of you. How many times you said, uh, love the dear leader or not. And then slowly they increase inflation. Listen, if you're a senior and you're on a fixed wage, surprise, you will be able to buy less in five years. If you have a pension that's coming from a union, most union pensions, pensions do not have increases. Now, teachers union, of course, does. Because the true power are the teachers, not the students. And I love teachers. But let's be clear, the, the goal is not the, the kids. Right? I mean, if you were an educator, you knew that wasn't going to be a job that you could do to become wealthy, just like if you're a police officer or a firefighter. It wasn't like, I can't wait to be a firefighter so one day I could retire a millionaire. No, no, no. You didn't do it for that reason. You did it because you wanted to help people. You thought you had a gift. You had a skill. 
And so if you're going to retire, if you're going to be somebody that's in the retirement world, you need to be very careful because inflation is calculated by using that basket of goods, but realize that different people buy different sets of goods. Meaning if you're a a young family, you don't buy the same things as an elderly couple who may spend a higher percentage of their income on utilities or a higher percentage of their income on car insurance. So if you want to retire, there are products, there are accounts, believe it or not, that give you the option to have annual increases in your own 401k. So maybe your union pension is locked in and says, this is the number, it's never going to change. Maybe social security moves very little, if at all. Right under the Obama years, I think once it went up. That's it, once, maybe twice. And then they just took it right back in the form of Medicare increases. At least with President Trump, we had a couple of increases. And then in the senior world, right, if you live 20 years in retirement, that's the number, 20 years. Okay, so if you live 20 years in retirement, so let's say 65 to 85, that's not impossible, that's normal. Generally speaking, you will lose about half of the purchasing power of your pension that was fixed. So that means you have to keep track, you have to keep pace to buy the same set of goods and services that you want. You have to have about a 3% increase per year in your income. We do that. We do that for our clients. And many other people do. We're not the only ones. There's some good financial people out there. In fact, there's even some great ones. But the goal is for you to not have most of your money eaten up, at least uh, your gains, eaten up by fees because that's what they do. In many cases, Wall Street walks along. You have many accounts, different types of accounts where they are charging fees that are eating up some of your gains or in many cases, all of your gains and some of your principal. So the goal is to have income increase. Because wouldn't it be nice if your paycheck kept up with inflation and not the phony inflation that comes out of Sacramento or Washington, D.C., but the real inflation, like what it really costs for you to live. If you live in the Department of Water and Power, LA uh, DWP, I don't know what they're doing with the money, but man, the cost for your utilities. I don't live there, but holy moly, our clients, you guys, that's a car payment. So just research a little bit and and wonder, huh, why do you think DWP has the best pension? Why do you think DWP is one of the most funded, properly run pensions? Because it's like a teeter-totter. For them to properly run the pension, either they have to cut staff and manage things properly, or they have to charge you more money. Now, we hope it's a combination of both, but I don't want them to charge you more than 3% a year, but that's what they do in some cases, don't they? Because the cost of living for government benefits just doesn't exist. So ask yourself, what's my risk of inflation in my retirement plan? Because remember, you're taking money out each and every year. It would be nice to have an increase that at least keeps up with inflation. It'd be nice to beat it. So if inflation is a concern, it can't hurt to evaluate your retirement accounts to make sure your inflation to make sure inflation doesn't eat away at their value. I think that's an important part, right? So one way to do that is to make sure you maintain your lifestyle 
and have the right type of income products. I told you before, we like annuities, fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. Many financial professionals, oh, you only got 4% return when the market did 32%. Listen, if you think you're still trying to run a race, if you're still trying to get 20% returns, that's great, but then don't count on this money being there when you need it because that's not the job. The job of this money is either to provide reliable retirement income to steadily grow to get reasonable rates of return, or it's designed to try to hit a home run. You're going you're gonna to swing hard. You're going to try to double your money before the end of the week. That's great. But you also could lose half before the end of the month. And if that's the case, you have to ask yourself, do I need this money at the end of the month? If you want to play with some of your money and you want to put it in the market, great. I think that's a good thing because that means you have a lot more. You want to play with some of this money. You want to have it in a place where just in case the market doesn't do well, uh, you're not going to run out of uh, food, shelter, clothing. Well, then that's where we fit in. You know, I had folks this last week ask me, Eric, should I have real estate in my portfolio? Oh my gosh, real estate is going up. Somebody else, gold and Bitcoin. I think you should have whatever you want in your portfolio that makes you feel good, that gives you peace of mind. And... This is where we leave the world of liberal and it has to make sense. In other words, the calculator has to work, right? Because you can feel whatever you want and I'm okay with that because feelings matter. But one plus one is two, whether you feel like it's seven or you really, really want it to be nine or you walk the picket line with the sign that says one plus one must be 10. That's fine, uh, but no, you're smarter than that. You say, Eric, if I have this much money, I want to keep safe and protected from the market declines. I want to grow at a reasonable rate. Uh, it, I want to beat the, the basic bank accounts, maybe CDs, maybe even get a little bit better. Sometimes even kind of get, you know, challenge the market. All right, great. But the cost of living for Social Security in 2019 was 2.8%. Now, if you have a pension or some sort of uh, regular source of income that did not have a 2.8% increase, then you're falling backwards already. And I'm going to argue that the way that the federal government calculated their social security numbers is not correct in, in the sense that whatever, you know, Kansas City, Missouri, and Des Moines, Iowa, and Minneapolis, and Seattle, and Los Angeles, and, and Orange County, and all everybody's supposed to be the same 2.8, really? Some are going to be more, some are less, some are a little higher, some are a lot higher. That's why I always look at the governmental benefits, that cost of living, that national average, as just kind of a, I don't even want to say a guide. We used to use it as a guide, but not anymore. Right When you have the federal government taking the pipeline, right the, the pipeline that's supposed to bring oil down, do you think people are going to stop using oil? Or do you think Warren Buffett, who owns all of the trains, by the way, a majority, if not all of the trains and the railways, close friend of President Obama and President Biden, who do you think benefited when you canceled the XL pipeline? Who? Yeah, that's right, Warren Buffett. Right? I mean, you understand that the pipeline that came down it was designed to, to at least give countless uh, diversion. 
right? The Keystone Pipeline said, we're not going to put this this barrel of oil on the road, so we're not going to cause potholes, which means local governments. By the way, a lot of those roads are local government controlled. That means local governments can't put in uh, new stop signs or they can't hire new police or firefighters or paramedics. They have to divert those funds to fix the roads and control the traffic that countless big rigs are going to be uh, positioning and, and uh, damaging the roads. The trains, how many more train accidents? How many more people killed? Because you understand that most of the train systems in the United States, when they cross a road, there isn't the um, what you might see in urban areas where the red and white uh, arms that come down, they don't have those. Sometimes they don't even have flashing lights. That's why if you're driving in the back roads of, of most of the country, you pull up, you have to look left and right. Do I see a train coming? Nope. Okay, I'll per- proceed. Now, if you do that 500 times or 300 times on your way to work every day, and now all of a sudden they've changed the schedule because they now have to increase the amount of rail cars, and you are driving, and every day I look and there's no train coming. And now all of a sudden there's a change in schedule, and they start making these trains closer together to get more of them on the system. What do you think that's going to do? Look, if you followed my show years ago, I've been doing this 17 plus years now. If you follow my show years ago, here's what you would have heard. President Obama appointed Warren Buffett to decide which banks to keep in 2009. Which banks to keep, which banks to let go. It's called a stress test and there's other words for it. So Bank of America was like $4 a share, $3, $4 a share. Remember IndyMac Bank? Remember Washington Mutual? Yeah, they don't exist anymore. Because in part, Warren Buffett and his team said, these banks should go away, these banks should merge, this bank should be taken over by this bank, and we're going to keep Bank of America. And then before he he submits the report for public use, he went out and bought Bank of America stock. Uh, what? His team went out and... <laughs> how do you do that? And call that not not sneaky? I don't know. And then he says, oh, you know... We're going to start uh, dismantling different banks according to my experts. And so, poof, IndyMac Bank, Washington Mutual, and hundreds of other banks, not branches, banks, start start falling by the wayside. This is 2009, 2010. And surprise, today, guess who wins when the Keystone Pipeline is canceled? Yeah, Warren Buffett. <laughs> he owns, uh, what is it, Burlington Northern and, and uh, countless other organizations that he owns or is a part of. Let me pull it up here. I want you to see. Yeah. Oh, BNSF. That's the one. BNSF acquisition on November 3rd, 2009. Warren Buffett said Berkshire Hathaway would purchase BNSF Railroad. Oh, that's so nice. Fact check. Buffett did not donate to Biden. (laughs) Really? You think you have to donate to, do you, th- you really think that Warren Buffett did not want and encourage and direct in some form or fashion money to Joe Biden? I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, listen, I, I think you have to ask yourself, is there something bigger than this? Maybe when Burlington Northern Santa Fe Corporation runs countless 
rail cars and owns railways. In 2009, when the internet was the thing, right? Why all, why all of a sudden, when, why, why would anybody buy railroads? Well, hmm, somebody knows. Because today, 46% is owned, is owned by um, Warren Buffett, BNSF. You have countless other organizations. The point is, I want you to do this. Now, I, I don't think yesterday you trusted the, the, the Biden administration and today you don't. I, don't. I don't think that's the case. I think you're clear on this, but I want you to have facts behind it. I want you to know things so that you can ask yourself, maybe, just maybe, there's somebody somewhere who's involved in this and you can now have ammo. There's a shell game in corporations where they can hide percentages. They could say, Arif doesn't own this company, but Arif owns this company that owns that company. And then there you go, back door. And you can legitimately say, well, you see, you know, Arif doesn't own this. So do your own research. Because who do you think at the end of the day is going to be impacted by illegal immigration? Who do you think at the end of the day is going to be impacted by you still wearing a mask and this ticker tape on CNN or MSNBC about how many people are dying? Do you really think it's the billionaires? Do you think it's the people that run the team, the security team for Warren Buffett or the security team for for, uh, Jeff Bezos or the security team for Zuckerberg? Do you think any of those people are impacted by the by the inflation cost? Oh, sorry, it's extra 40 cents. Oh, sorry, it, it costs this much more to go to lunch with your wife. No. You have to protect yourself, guys. You need to be informed. And part of that is listening to this show, and I thank you for that. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. You go and have a wonderful day. Now Arif has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power. 